and welcome to the Project Management Debate Podcast. This is Mary Elizabeth Diab. And this is Philip Diab. Each week we explore a question related to project management, organizational strategy, or leadership. Today we're going to explore the differences between managing different types of project teams. Growing commitment to grassroots and local change movements has led to increased numbers of project managers leading teams of fellow volunteers rather than simply leading teams of paid staff members. In this world, the skills and experience needed to manage volunteers versus paid staff becomes a pertinent question to consider. Volunteers are harder to manage with their typical lack of focus and prioritization of volunteer projects. But volunteers who sign on to work on a project are at least committed to a common vision. Um, The whip of the employer's lash is a poor motivational tool and is often what the project manager has to work with. Leading the volunteer project team along the tightrope between pushing too hard and causing a volunteer to quit and not hard enough causing delays and slippages requires finely honed project management skills. On the other hand, volunteer projects are rarely life and death endeavors, so some slippage of schedule or decrease of scope is unlikely to cause a business catastrophe. In the end, winding through the volunteer project team management world is a task to be taken on by ever more skilled professionals, not those who are just learning the trade. Unless the new project manager is also using the project to gain valuable experience and skills, right? You decide as we debate project teams made up of volunteers are harder to manage than teams composed of staff members. We'll start with Mary Elizabeth arguing for the motion, followed by me arguing against it. Managing project teams is never easy. With so many people working on so many moving parts that need to arrive at the same point seamlessly, teams need to be run like well-oiled and efficient machines. Add into this the dynamic that your team members aren't paid. In a work setting, if a team member doesn't perform, they risk being reassigned or sent home. But in the volunteer world, if someone doesn't perform, what can you do? This delicate balance is strikingly familiar to anyone who manages volunteer projects. When working with volunteers, it seems they would be easier to manage. After all, there's no work pressure on them or you to perform. But in truth, without the pressure of an unhappy boss, it can be a challenge to manage a team of volunteers. When you manage volunteers, it is a delicate balance of pushing to move tasks and action items forward without overtaxing and angering volunteers. After all, if a volunteer becomes burnt out or angry, they can simply disengage. This delicate balance means that project managers need very strong interpersonal skills and the ability to motivate and influence with no authority whatsoever. This delicate balance is even more poignant because a volunteer project is rarely the top priority for your volunteer. Typically, volunteer activities fall somewhere in the line behind work tasks, family needs, and personal commitments. If something farther up the priority list comes up, your project's needs slide. In addition to conflicting priorities, working with volunteers on projects leaves you depending on their commitment to the vision or end product of the project. While sometimes that vision is a significant passion which carries volunteers through the entire project, often it's an interest in helping out, not really approaching an actual passion. And when this is the case, you risk that their dedication to the cause may wane and their project tasks may slide down the priority scale and the timeline. Commitment is a great thing, but we must make sure volunteer projects don't leave people needing to be committed to mental institutions. While it may seem like hyperbole, the passion involved in many volunteer projects, from getting guns out of schools to improving the local playground to empowering girls, can cause people to become inappropriately invested in the outcome. When this happens, you can end up with a political quagmire among the volunteers. I was personally involved in an organization aimed at empowering girls. Um, As a member of the volunteer management team, I was attacked personally because a group of volunteers was unhappy that I wouldn't use some of the organization's very limited resources on a project they felt was of great value. Unfortunately, our board wasn't able to agree. 
It caused some backstabbing and dissatisfaction among volunteers who weren't even inside the situation. And that political infighting and backbiting can cause volunteers to feel demoralized and they may leave their positions for organizations that require a little less mental energy. As is clear, managing volunteer teams is more difficult than managing work teams. It requires a set of exceptional skills to navigate sometimes piranha-filled waters. With competing priorities, limited negative consequences for non-performance, and a world of personality-driven potential pitfalls, project managers who are responsible for managing volunteers must bring their A-game in a way that those managing projects at work often aren't required to do. After all, at work, if I want to get paid, I need to perform. At the end of the day, if a staff member isn't performing, they can be fired and replaced. If a volunteer quits, there's no guarantee that replacing them will be possible. My experience in project management, both within the volunteer leadership context and the professional context, goes a bit against conventional wisdom. Throughout my 20 plus years of volunteer activities with PMI, I often heard an argument that we as volunteer leaders need to temper our expectations of volunteers because oftentimes their volunteer activity is the second, third, or fourth level of priority after work, family, religious institutions, etc. There is certainly some truth to this, that our expectations have to be realistic in terms of team member expectations. However, I would argue that the same is true in the corporate setting with paid staff members. In my project management career, I have often led teams where team members are given multiple assignments with competing priorities. And as a project manager with little power in the organization, I had to rely on the art of influence to rally my team's support in delivering results, as opposed to using organizational power, which I certainly didn't have, to intimidate colleagues into action. I have also observed that even when the project manager is given actual organizational power, it's difficult to demand results based on this power, and that the art of influence goes much farther in getting team members to perform according to the needed expectations and in line with project priorities. Some would argue that managing volunteers on projects takes on a slightly different path from projects with paid staff because of the ego issue. In other words, people dealing with ego having, you know, being volunteers in an organization has a very different connotation than within the corporate context. After all, there are no actual bosses. People come together because of common interests. This is certainly true. However, in my experience, issues that deal with managing egos are no less frequent on projects in the corporate setting, where people are also competing for position and in some cases attempting to undermine each other. We have to remember that projects that include volunteer teams are typically operating within the context, oftentimes of a non-profit organization which in itself offers a different setting for these projects as compared to projects in different sectors, such as financial services, construction, or oil and gas. Arguing that managing project teams in volunteer organizations is more challenging than paid staff is akin to arguing that teams in financial services organizations are harder to manage than construction. The simple fact is that these teams are different from each other rather than easier or harder. When I look back on my experience in various volunteer settings, I'm reminded of Michael Gladwell's book, Outliers, where he describes how an individual can become an expert in a particular field. 
He explains that someone who might be a professional athlete at the top of his or her field will have likely spent at least 10,000 hours training and practicing to achieve this level. Um, he also explains that individuals who don't put in 10,000 hours in, in that given field uh, are likely not going to achieve a level of mastery as compared to those who do. One example he gives is the difference, for example, between the Beatles and the average music teacher. He explains that in this particular case, the Beatles did spend more than 10,000 hours practicing and as a result, they achieved heights of fame that you know the typical music teacher may not have. I believe this is relevant only to highlight that, to me, volunteer leadership and project management are about how much time and effort you spend in training and practicing to achieve a certain level of mastery. The more you practice, the better you become. That means that a highly skilled project manager who is assigned a volunteer team should have the leadership skills to navigate through egos and rally the team to deliver on expectations of the project. And that's why I believe that there is really no difference when it comes to managing volunteers versus managing staff. It's all about leadership. Now we will transition to the open discussion part of the debate with questions and answers. So Philip, what do we mean by projects composed of volunteers? Is it talking about charitable projects? I think it certainly could be. Um, you have a variety of different type of projects that could um, harness the power of volunteers. Uh, it could be, for example, a, working on a standard in the industry, like in, an, in a trade organization or a professional association such as PMI. <clears throat> Those are not your typical charitable organizations, but the level of effort can be provided by volunteers. Certainly, as, as you mentioned, it could be in a charity that is either religious in nature or a human, uh, humanitarian in nature. Um, it could be the school context. So there's a variety of different ranges uh, that, uh, that you know, I would think of. What about you? I also think that there, I agree with you totally, but I also think there could be actually a little bit more of a, um, a complicated dynamic where you would have a charitable project that might be part of a corporation's customer uh, social responsibility programs, which is kind of where you would meld both company and volunteer resources into the same project. And that can be even more complicated from a management of the project perspective. But I definitely think you have multiple types of volunteer projects. I agree with you. Some professional trade associations, some um, charitable organizations, some things like Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, these kind of organizations that kind of fall somewhere in between. Yeah, but I think that it would be probably more realistic to expect that what we're talking about is when we're talking about kind of the volunteer setting, it typically fits within the context of an organization that focuses on kind of a volunteer effort um, because that's kind of the, the, the general trend. Although I agree with you, there are certain you know, hybrids that, that we can consider. Um, what do you think is unique about projects in the volunteer context as, as compared to the uh, corporate context? Uh, I think that when you're talking about volunteer projects, they often deal with a different, different type of, of outcome. Um, in organizations or corporations, it's often very focused on a product or service that's being offered for profit. Um, but with volunteer contexts, often you're looking at advocacy or community building, maybe standard setting in the PMI world, or even developing a resource that can be used in a nonprofit association like the Education Foundation's work with Project Management for Students. So often it is about what the outcome is going to be rather than what the um, product or service is going to be, because it's not typically going to be something offered for profit. 
Yeah, and I think that it would be fair to say that the scope and nature of these projects can be all over the place. You know, you can have the small kind of advocacy exercise or even in a in a service learning type of environment like a babysitting project that you know girl scouts can can undertake um, all the way to like a major transformation initiative within one of the large multinational you know charitable or a humanitarian type of organization so it can be i think from a breadth and depth it can be as large and as complex as you know your typical for-profit setting although i do agree with you that the 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 focus of the outcome in in some respects is very different than the corporate setting and i think that when you're talking about scope and scale one of the things that we're seeing today in advocacy um, and i'd say this is especially poignant in the last week or so you see a bunch of youth get together in social media and plan something that's huge. It's not a, a little, we're going to march the Capitol. It's we're going to go to the U.S. Capitol and we're going to have something large. So I think we're starting to see something of a melding where a small group may actually um, need the management skills for a large undertaking as well. Yeah, and I, I think that when I think to um, some of the Twitter revolutions that um, kind of came up uh, in the past decade, I think that you kind of saw that. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of disassociate the discussion from the political angle, but kind of focus on a managerial type of angle. Uh, you saw that there was a strong ability to leverage technology in kind of galvanizing crowds, mm -hmm. but not much focus on in terms of like, okay, what next? Yeah, how do we thing. manage using this? I yeah. agree. Well, what do you think about the skills needed to manage a volunteer project? Are they different than those that you need to manage a product project in a traditional work setting? I think that there are certain skills that are kind of common across all types of projects. You know, when it comes to things like team motivation, uh, leadership skills. Uh, <clears throat> but I think that understanding the context of the organization is certainly unique to the scope of the project. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's different inherently because it's a volunteer project, but it would be the same kind of context in terms of asking, you know, what type of technical skills are needed to manage a construction project versus a financial services project. The, the project management skills are kind of very similar in my mind, but the technical skills are somewhat different. Okay, I think that's very fair. The other thing that I do think is kind of different is the, the interpersonal dynamic of managing a group of people where if you push too hard, the person may just pack up their toys and go home. And this is not a situation where if I don't come in, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting paid either way. And so there is a bit of a tightrope, a delicate balance there of how much can I push to get a task done without upsetting the person who's doing the task so that they, they go away. Well, I think that the, the opposite can also be true in that there's <clears throat> a significant amount of passion that goes into these <clears throat> volunteer projects. And I'm not saying that there is no passion in corporate projects, but of I course, think it's the type yeah. of passion that, that is exhibited because of the nature of the advocacy um, makes the dynamic slightly different than, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is just my job and I'm leaving because typically you're doing a volunteer project on your own time. Sure. Um, can a project manager rely on the performance of a volunteer in terms of 
delivering according to expectations? You kind of hinted uh, on to that uh, just a second ago. Well, I think that can you rely on on the performance of a volunteer as much as you can rely on the performance of an employee, probably. So I think that the truth of the matter is that project managers who are working in a volunteer environment definitely tend to be kind of the last priority. Um, if I am someone who's volunteering on a project and I have a conflict with my family or the project, I am likely to choose my family. I'm also likely to choose my paying job. So when you look at that dynamic, it can be a little bit harder to, um, to rely on, on volunteers sometimes. But as you said, I totally agree that often the passion that goes into these projects makes it so that, they, that your volunteers are really excited about doing the tasks they've set up. I think this is especially true when they have undertaken their role in the project as a way to build skills that they're going to use in the work, in, in their kind of professional career. So it's almost like it's a training ground for them, then they're even more passionately excited about trying it out in a more safe environment. So I think that the answer is with any project, can the project manager rely? Well, if you pick the right people, yes, but that's why you're there to follow up and make sure things are getting done. I think that certainly I agree with you that that's the excuse that people use when they talk about managing volunteers, that, you know, it's the third, fourth or fifth priority. What I find, though, is that oftentimes that's used as an excuse to, uh, to you know, as a cop-up almost. Um, I found that, you know, when, when you're dealing with busy people, they choose to make the time. You know, they're, they're there for, for, for a reason. And, you know, I think that if you provide them the opportunity and engage them at the right level, then you're likely to be able to kind of get the the outcome. However, I, I want to kind of look at it from a different perspective, and, and that is from the perspective of qualification, because I think that um, one might argue um, that in the volunteer setting, because you're getting a bunch of volunteers and not kind of trained professionals, you might likely end up with a group of people who don't have the level of expertise needed to carry out the project because at the end of the day they're volunteers. And again, I think that they, there there might be a, a little bit of a fallacy to that because you know in my corporate context, I can tell you that I've seen several instances <laughs> where individuals were certainly no more qualified to do the job. I think often we think of the corporate setting as not being the same as the volunteer setting, but the truth is in both types of projects, we're left with the people we're left with. They're not always the best fit or the perfect person. They sometimes are just the only guy who's available. And I think you're right about that. There is a fallacy of assuming that in the corporate environment you have better resources or more qualified resources that often isn't the same. Um, do you feel like the type of volunteer project team differs depending on the context, like a team composed of other project managers versus a team composed of school parents or composed of church members? Well, I think that if you talk to any project manager, they'll tell you that projects are like herding cats. Um, but I do think that when you are dealing with projects that are high visibility, high impact, that require a lot of leaders, then you are dealing with egos much more so than when, when you're kind of doing kind of a general perform setting. So I think that in, in some instance, I would say, yes, there is a difference depending on the type of project within the volunteer context that you're, you're dealing with. Um, I think that when you're dealing with a religious institution, you're obviously dealing about topics that are of significant importance to people. And there's a lot of passion and faith that goes into that. And so um, that takes on a unique, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, basically 
in ecosystem as compared to, for example, in the context of PMI, where we both have the experience of dealing with many passionate people who are extremely uh, you know, passionate about the profession, passionate about PMI, and they are, in some cases, headstrong, and they think that they know their, the answer to um, you know, to the question more than anybody else on the team. Well, I think that's true. I also think you have a second dynamic when you're dealing in a PMI setting, for instance, with a group of project managers, that they are typically used to being the person who's running things rather than the person who's doing things. So sometimes it's a little bit more challenging to ensure that everyone stays on the role that they were that they were given. And hopefully they've chosen the role. Hopefully it's something they really want to do. And as a result, they're more likely to. But even so, it's kind of a habit we sometimes slip into where, oh, I can just I can just step in real quick and, and make that happen rather than doing the work that we've kind of committed to do. Yeah, I've often thought, uh, you know, what it would be like to fly on a plane that has, you know, like 200 pilots that are all riding on the plane. Whether exactly. It, you know, th they get the same kind of feeling that we might get when you have a bunch of project managers that you're trying to manage on a project. And you know if you're on that plane and they hit turbulence that all the guys in their back, I could have missed that turbulence. <laughs> Uh, isn't it easier to work with volunteers because of shared, shared interest as opposed to staff members who are forced to be part of the team because of a job assignment? Wow, that's an interesting, uh, interesting conundrum there because while it does mean that typically people are passionate, um, I've personally been involved in, in organizations where people are so passionate that they kind of go to the other extreme where they create a what I would call a dysfunctional situation because they aren't able to see that their opinion is the only isn't the only opinion. So I want to spend the money on X. It's not my money, but I want to spend it on X. And if you don't spend it on X, then I will personally attack you. So I think that it is not easier to work with volunteers because of shared interest. It is different. Um, I think that it can be easier and it can be harder, again, because in this situation where you have someone who has gotten so passionate about something that really isn't even in the realm of what their voluntary role is, they can turn off other volunteers who get kind of tired of the drama or the kind of the politics of the project and think, I can go and volunteer and spend less emotional energy, I'm going to go over there. You know, I, I do think that depending on the volunteer organization that you're talking about, the nature of the projects and the nature of the relationships can be very personal, yes. especially in local, you know, kind of face-to-face -face type of projects. And, and because of that personal relationship, you know, I, I can even see that in certain organizations as well, the nature of interaction is very different. You know, like the, uh, I, I worked for an organization uh, in my career where, you know, I was the newcomer and the average tenure of the staff member was around 10 years in the company. And they had a very strong relationship, good or bad. They just knew each other at a much more uh, kind of intimate level than, than you would if you're working for a large multinational and you're living in Chicago and your team member is living in uh, Idaho and another team member is living in California and you only talk on the phone, you know, three times a week. Um, and with volunteer organizations, even in my experience with PMI, you, you get to kind of form uh, f uh, relationships of trust and friendship and uh, collegiality. And I think that that influences the, the projects. And it can be very positive if you manage to kind of develop a shared vision. 
But the opposite is also true that in times where there is no shared vision, the fall is greater because of these, these personal relationships. So do you think that projects composed of paid staff have to worry less about competing priorities compared to projects with volunteers? Well, I think that that probably is also a fallacy because at the end of the day, we're talking about multidimensional people. So, you know, you have people in your companies who, you know, have a life, have a family, have a church, have a, you know, whatever outside outside the work that, that tug at their priority list just as importantly. And, you know, this is no different than the, the parent who has to take off time from work to go to their you know, child's school because of a parent-teacher conference or a problem. Again, I think that the, the issue of priority is one that, in my humble opinion, I don't think it's, it means that it makes volunteer projects harder or, or easier because of these, these priorities. It just... It's the same kind of priorities, you know, uh, struggles that you have across. I would actually say, um, I would actually come across a little differently on this one. I think in some cases, in many cases, not even some, many cases, the competing priorities is harder with paid staff, not necessarily from personal priorities competing, but within the organization. We often find that our team members are working on a variety of different endeavors. They're inputting into a number of different projects that are all competing priorities within the organization. Um, I worked in a large organization where every time someone wanted to use one of our really skilled and experienced project managers, they would come and say, this has the ear of the CEO. And we always laughed about it. And we said, that's great, but give us the number to claim his time and get the money. Really? We don't care whose ear it has. But they all wanted to, to show that their project was the highest priority for the organization. And I think that that competition within the organization for resources can be as delicate and even more difficult than competing with people's families and their work for their time on a volunteer project. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, let me ask you, are there projects, you've kind of spoken a little bit about this earlier, maybe you can expand a little bit. In instances where you have hybrid teams of volunteers and and uh, staff members are these actually easier to manage than purely volunteer uh, i think these are the hardest of all um i have spoken just a little bit about this and i think there are a couple of places that you see this one as i mentioned kind of on corporate social responsibility type projects organizations may have their paid staff members working in concert with volunteers in a local organization to to make a project happen but i also think we see these often in kind of governmental bodies doing projects that relate to the community so maybe they're gonna let's say we're gonna build a new park in our local area and the government is the one that's actually paying for this park the park and recreation department is going to be coming in and putting in a new park but they need input from the community and they need people within the community to volunteer their time to work on the project suddenly you have a dynamic where you have competing priorities within the organization competing priorities outside of the organization paid staff who are there passionate undoubtedly at least partially about what they're doing community members who are very passionate, both positively and negatively, about what they're doing. And as a project manager, you're trying to manage all of those different dimensions with a workforce that is composed of both people who are, they have to be there even if they're not happy about being on this project, and people who don't have to be there if they're not happy about being on the project, but could impact greatly the project success. Yeah, this actually reminds me of um, a situation that uh, you know we encountered many years ago with an architect who was trying to manage the design build project of a church. 
and they ended up basically alienating everybody. They were the, certainly the paid, uh, you know, project manager, as it were, for this church design project, and the you know the head of the congregation was the responsible party to kind of get the sign off and in the end it just really upset everybody because this design that this architect came up with was something that looked like it was out of star trek and it just ended up really making people mad and that was kind of an instance where you you have that dynamic of you know paid staff members working for the architect trying to kind of gather requirements of a bunch of stakeholders that you know, can be classified as passionate volunteers. Uh, and, you know, something got lost in the translation. So that, that you know, that's an example of uh, a situation where it, it just made it even more complex. Um, but again, I think that a lot of this has to do with proper expectation setting. I can tell yes. you in my personal experience with PMI, when I was on the PMI board and I was working very closely with the staff, it helped a lot that we had been working together for a long time, so we established the relationships of trust, but we also had very clear defined roles. And, uh, you know, I understood my role, I understood my expectations, and I understood what their roles are, are and vice versa. And as a result, everybody could play in their swim lane and, you know, support each other in a different mechanism than, um, you know, when you're kind of brand new to the team and you, you haven't really gotten used to the new format of working together. I totally agree. And I think that in new teams in particular, expectation setting is key. What do you think about the organization's approach to project management in relation to its maturity and the type of project teams like functional versus matrix? Does it impact this particular issue? It, it, you know, I'd, I'd like to say no, but <laughs> I think it does. Um, if, if you consider the, the nature of the assignment that a project manager might have in a functional organization versus a projectized organization, let's face it, the reality of the matter is the project manager is not given as much leeway to kind of drive the project. He or she is typically more of a custodian of the project and uh, maybe even just a reporter in terms of what's what's happening. Whereas in a, in a projectized uh, environment, that is totally different. And I think that given that, that nature, I think that that also would apply to the volunteer efforts. You know, if you are in a, uh, a projectized environment, then you may be more familiar with how projects work than if you're interacting with an organization that is highly functional and they don't know what projects are. And, and you know, one example that I could think of is one uh, non-profit entity we were talking to, we kept using the word program, program, program. And, you know, those of us who are from a project management background, we were thinking as program defined as a number of projects that are related. And they were thinking in terms of like a service offering or a product. And these are kind of, that's the context of the non-profit world where they think of programs as a sustainable type of uh, activity and and th these type of terminologies can actually um, you know have to be overcome to make sure that uh, 
everybody's on the same page. I definitely agree with that. And I also think that the maturity of the organization in relation to project management is key. And I think you see very few kind of of these community organizations, nonprofit organizations, NGOs, anything you want to call them in all of these guises, very few are really projectized organizations. Typically, they are very heavily functional organizations with fairly immature project management. And I think that definitely impacts on the volunteer's ability, um, especially as a volunteer project manager within the organization. As you said, often you're not even speaking the same language. And I think that that impact is definitely seen and can be more complicated if you're the project manager who is in an organization that is very immature. Well, let's talk about it from a different, slightly different perspective, and, and that is of the kind of methodology or the approach do you think that the approach in a volunteer project would be the same as the corporate setting with paid staff, or would that look very different? I personally think that project management is project management is project management. Good project management carries on over all industries and across all project types. Uh, that doesn't mean that you use all exactly, you do every project exactly the same. That would be very foolish and a very immature project manager. But I do think that good project management is going to look very similar and the approach is going to be very similar in this type, in each, both of those types of organizations. Well, I want to thank you for, because I think you just made my closing argument a lot easier. <laughs> That's what you think. Project management is project management. <laughs> So we'll now shift to the closing statements where Philip will attempt to convince you, but I will convince you absolutely that I am right. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a volunteer leader of a local organization. He was explaining to me that one of the stakeholders had called him to complain about an issue. It was clear that the stakeholder was not being realistic and was stirring up trouble. When the issue was not resolved, to their satisfaction, they attempted to complain to the leader next in their chain of command. That higher-up leader listened and responded with a typical type of volunteer leader response. He said, don't worry, we will make sure that we don't give this volunteer a raise. So his pay will actually go from zero to zero next year. The point is that sometimes we feel like, given the fact that there are no real consequences to project teams in a volunteer setting, we are likely unable to influence you know, outcomes and hold each other accountable. However, I believe that to, be a fa that to be a fallacy, actually. Effective leadership based on consensus building is much more likely to result in success, and it's all about being able to bring people together through proper leadership to ensure that they deliver according to expectations. At the end of the day, volunteers coming together to you know, work on a project of common interest actually do have much more in common than perhaps staff members who are brought together in a, in a setting where maybe some don't want to be there or don't have that shared passion um, across the board. So each setting is different, but at the end, yeah, you know, you can be just as successful and managing voluntary teams is no harder than, you know, paid staff. Working with volunteers as project team members is certainly harder than managing paid staff members. Any time that a team member's participation is dependent solely on a commitment to the vision, changes in their life may shift priorities and, and that very commitment. On a project to enhance a neighborhood playground, key volunteers may move suddenly, causing their passion for the project to wane accordingly. In addition, when priorities between the project and family life conflict, rarely will the project win. 
As a result, managing to a specific schedule is particularly difficult. It requires greater skill in negotiating to get a better commitment from volunteers who may be distancing themselves from the project. It requires the ability to gently move tasks along without pushing volunteers too hard. It also requires the very active management of fellow volunteers to ensure that toxic personality situations do not arise. In all of these ways, managing volunteer project teams requires more than run-of-the-mill skills and abilities. It's a harder thing to pull off a volunteer project well than simply getting a work team to do what they've committed and hold them accountable. Thanks for listening to the Project Management Debate Podcast. We encourage you to take part in the debate online by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PM debate. Send us a message if you have an idea for a good debate. Thanks and goodbye. Goodbye.